Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Foreign Film Academy. Yay. Um, I think that's how we start all of them now. It just goes with one of us saying hello, the other one saying mm-hmm. yay, and then we kind of go yep. into it. Once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. So what are you what are you up to? What are you drinking this week? Well, this week, I actually have a whole lot of nothing because I wasn't exactly prepared. Yeah. But I don't know. You can't win every week. (laughs) Or no weeks for me, really. Um, It's just water. Yeah, do you have your lemon water? (laughs) Just water. Fancy lemon water? Just a third Um, bottle of water. (laughs) Hey, at least you're staying hydrated. Mm -hmm, I'm trying. You know, can't get sick these days. Yep. I don't know why. Um. All right. So this week we are going all the way to good old South Korea. Um, Woohoo! Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. Um, funny story about this week. I chose a different film at first, and I, <laughs> I like we did everything for it, and then I texted Brittany. And I was like, "Hey, I chose this film. It's gonna be fun." And Brittany just goes, "Yeah, I've already seen it." <laughs> She's and like, you I, watched I it like with me. Say, yes, we literally watched it together. It was a film that Sid loved. And it was one of the first, when we were roommates, we watched this on one of our various movie nights. Yeah. So I, I felt bad because you were so excited. You were like, I know what movie we're watching this week. And I was like, um, not only have I seen it and you've seen it, but we've seen it together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember it now. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh, she's going to love this one. And yep. Yeah. But so if you haven't seen the movie Sing Street, we're not going to watch it, but give it a watch if you want to. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. But instead, we picked um, a movie called Burning that is from South Korea, and it was directed by Lee Chang Don. It's, it's kind of a very interesting movie. I remember it coming out at the Toronto International Film Festival. And I remember wanting to see it, but I just never did. Just schedules mm-hmm. conflict or something. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into a summary. The summary is actually quite easy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the summary. John Sue bumps into a girl who used to live in the same neighborhood, who asks him to look after her cat while she's on a trip to Africa. When she gets back, she introduces Ben, a mysterious guy she met there who confesses his secret hobby. Honestly, super short, but that's basically the film. <laughs> like, yep. and that's like, there's not a whole lot to this film. That's basically it. Um, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I assume if you're listening to this, then you've probably watched the movie. But if you haven't, skip ahead 15 seconds. But uh, so Ben's secret hobby is that he burns down uh, greenhouses, and he, or so he wants us to believe. Um. Yep. I'm pretty sure we he does something else, <laughs> aka murder people. Um, <laughs> Just minor difference. Just a minor thing. Yeah, you know, every everybody does that. Um, <laughs> okay, so this film was the definition of a slow burn. Um, it was two and a half yeah, hours no of slow, not even really character development. It wasn't 
it was a character story, but it wasn't really. It's more defined as like a thriller, but mm-hmm. not your traditional th- thriller. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I have a bunch of notes. Mainly, not even so much on the um the film itself. Like, like I do have stuff on what happens to the film, but more about how the director like describes the film and how critics think about it. Because I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting how they talk about it. But just right off the bat, what did you think? Well, yeah, slow burn is definitely a good definition for this <laughs> film. I I feel bad, but I really didn't like this film. <laughs> like, yeah. I... Because, okay, here's my thing. I'm all for a slow build-up kind of thing. Um... Because I thought that the mystery behind Ben's character was very intriguing. Mm -hmm. And I really, really wanted to know what was going on there. So that was definitely, like, a strong point in the film because it it kept me, okay, like, I want to know what happens. Mm -hmm. But for me, the frustrating thing was we never actually really got a conclusion. Not really. You know, like, it, it was two and a half hours... And me waiting, you know, it was the buildup of, did he kill her, didn't he? And there was never any proof that he did. We never got to see what happened. There was no resolution. So it's like, imagine sitting through two and a half hours of low-key dull characters, very slow plot, and then you get to the end and there's actually not a conclusion. Yeah. So it's like, why Why did I even watch this movie if there's no character, no plot, no conclusion? That's like in part, you know, a, a Hollywood perspective. That's a Western way of thinking that you a story like needs these things. But like, I don't know. I, feel- <laughs> I kind of would like at least one of the three. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry no. if that's a little too hot. And to be honest, I was almost... Because, yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. And I do think listening to, to like, the director talk about it afterward kind of made me like it a little bit more. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll get into that a little bit later. But I was almost happy I didn't like it all that much. Because I think we finally needed a film that we both didn't really like. <laughs> yeah. Because we've been gun-ho about, like, every film we've watched. <laughs> That's so. really true. We're on film nine now. And... You know, we finally hit one because my my mom was actually saying that the other day. She was like, so do you guys like criticize the films that much? Like, and I'm like, no, but it's because we've loved all the films we've watched so far. And she's like, well, you know, like, you gotta <laughs> criticize things. Yeah. And, and here's I'm like, the one. Here, this, this one's for you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, Yeah, so... I was going to kind of say the same thing, like, everybody's saying how absolutely brilliant this movie was, how it was, like, one of the best that premiered at Cannes, and, like, all these things, like, people, like, people are obsessed with this film, and I was trying to figure out, like, why, and, like, I was, so, it was, like, kind of up and running for the South Korean pick for the Oscars, it was up against Parasite, so, like, it could have been, like, a lot of people thought that it should have been nominated, no. I think Parasite was way better. <laughs> I don't know if okay, you've seen Parasite, well, but... You know, oof. because... No, of, of course I've seen Parasite. I... Because you told me that this was 
like second pick to Parasite, I was expecting a film that is competing with Parasite. Like right. if that was on that level. Yeah. So I think that was also part of the reason why I was so like shocked with the film. Like, and, and you know, there was like such a distaste for it because I was expecting to sit down and like be so into it the way I was into Parasite. And then it was like almost, almost exactly the opposite <laughs> right. the way I felt. Um, but I mean, you know, we don't need to necessarily compare the two movies, but it was definitely shocking that this was second place. Yeah, like, I know a lot of people are mad that it didn't, like, it didn't get nominated and didn't really qualify for the same stuff. And, um, but yeah, I was kind of with you. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan. And I, I don't know, part of me, because I did fall asleep for like 10 minutes during it. And then I went back and had to rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But that was also because I was up till 7am, like the previous night. So I was just mm -hmm. tired in general. So sure. it's not really the film's fault, but I yeah I did fall asleep a little bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> but so yeah like I said like as soon as I started researching this and watching the themes with the director, watching the themes with the cast, I did enjoy it a little bit more because I liked how they talked about it. Um, sure. But I guess that kind of poses the question: Does that mean that I actually enjoyed the film more, or did I just enjoy the process or like intent behind the film? And I think that's right. more it. Like, I don't think right. my feelings of the film actually changed at all. Like, it mm -hmm. still was just kind of, I don't know, boring. <laughs> right. Like, I was bored. <laughs> no, I yeah. I agree. And it's funny because I actually, um, I've watched a bunch of Korean films before, and I genuinely enjoy Korean content. Yeah. Um, I dabble a bit in the K-drama, too, which is completely different than uh, Korean cinema, because <laughs> K-drama has one goal, which is to entertain. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, a lot of Korean media that I've seen, I've really, really enjoyed, and so I guess it was... I, I don't know why I would assume that it would all be the same, so really, that's on me, but yeah, I was a little surprised, for sure. So this is the uh, the first film in eight years by the director. Um, he He's directed, like, six films in total, but it, he takes really long periods of time between them. So he's been a director mm -hmm. for a very long time, but he's only done six. Um, okay. So, but he's always kind of known for his realistic, like, direction and things. Um, mm -hmm. And it's what's interesting is that in a weird way, I didn't find his directing very realistic, but rather more surreal. Like, there was a lot of choices that made me feel like, that felt like force. Like, their characters were being right. forced to make these choices, and these, the way that they shot it, it was very surreal. So I don't know if that mm -hmm. was maybe just something new for the director or something, but um, to hear that he's normally, like, a realist, and then to see this, I'm like, I got, like, way more surrealist elements than realist <laughs> right yeah so i found that kind of even even the bizarre mannerisms of like the way people would speak to each other mm -hmm. i think that was the thing for me that it was like a like a shifted world so it was like almost like our world but just yeah. a little like off like there was like everybody's right. walking a step behind or something yeah where like you know he was looking for the well at one point and he asks the man across the street he's like was there a well here? And the guy was like, um, no. And then he walks into his car and there was no like conversation. And I'm like, if I ever talk to my neighbors, like, and I ask a random question, like, was there a well there? They're going to be like, why? Like, there's going to be a little more 
a little more like give and take from I think the perimeter characters. Yeah. Whereas the the film was so focused on the three main characters, basically nobody else had any lines. Yeah. If they did, it was like one or two, and it just it just made them feel very isolated in the world. Yeah. So it was like the three of them were living in their own space, and so it's funny that you know he he's a you know a realist yeah. director when. I, I totally get what you're saying, where it was like, everything was a little shifted. Yeah, everything felt, like, off. It was like, wait, why are... Especially the main character, I found, like, he was always kind of... He was definitely in his own head, like, the majority of the time. Um, mm-hmm. But there was this one part where he was checking out, like, one of the houses on the one guy's property, and the one guy was like, what are you doing here? He was like, oh, just looking. And then just, like, yeah. stayed there, and then eventually left. And I was like, if that guy was on my property, he'd be like... Um, can you leave? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's what, what I mean, mean, where it was, like, the, the, the perimeter characters only had, like, two lines, yeah. and then and then there was, like, an end, a weird ending of conversations where it's, like, nobody seemed to be interested in anybody else's life. Yeah, for sure. And that really came into play with the mom. Like, yeah. I found that so weird. I was like, what was the point? Yeah, I was like, this. What was the point of her character? I have zero idea because so like, the only real point that I got out of it was that she provided information for the well, and that's about it. And I was like, okay, but like you could have gotten that from somewhere else. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, that really bugged me because I was like, so you've been talking about your mom like a little bit in the film and how she like left and all this. Like, you haven't seen her in I think it was sixteen years. Yeah. And then she shows up, you guys have, like, a coffee, and then you say, hey, have you seen this well? And she was like, yeah. And then you're like, okay, bye. Like, have a nice life. Right. right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, and she, and and I guess, you know, I did write in my notes, though, that when the mom said that there was a well, um, it was a really interesting plot point, because majority of the people that he talked to up before that said that there wasn't said that um Haimi was making this up um that she you know imagines these things and creates these lies um and so then when the mom so casually was like yeah there was a well then it really makes you wonder oh my gosh what is reality right like it yeah. seemed like nobody and that was I think a, a, a thing that I actually really liked about the film yeah was that there was no clarity on the reality of the situation some people were like she's making things up she's a pretender and then it 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 almost makes you question her character because you're like okay like she disappeared so is she just off doing something like i don't know yeah but you obviously know that that's not what happened but you know it it was it was a kind of cool way to question how everybody's like memories are so malleable and yeah it was really hard to get to the truth throughout the whole film yeah and that was definitely i think yeah super intentional like that was one thing that the director like really wanted to be clear about um Mm -hmm. there's so i watched this whole thing about him answering questions at tiff and yeah uh so it says like the director is clear that nothing is for sure in this film uh the mystery is never solved or answered there are mysteries on top of mysteries and that's, like, totally what he went out for it to be. He said, Yeah, the film is a thrilling crime drama about lust, loss, and revenge. It is also completely not that. It is a film in which nothing at all happens. Hey, me, her cat, the tangerine, the burned-down greenhouses are all there and not. 
And I was like, that's right. That's like that's kind of a mind fuck. <laughs> it is. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's and and off. you know what? He definitely hit the mark yeah. when it comes to that because that was the the driving force of the whole thing you know there were there are multiple sequences in the film where he's running around looking at the greenhouses in his area because um ben said that oh i'm gonna burn down a greenhouse like right next to you and so then he's chasing these greenhouses every single day you know you keep waiting for him to find the burned greenhouse Mm -hmm. and you keep waiting for him to find the burned burned down greenhouse with Haimi in it that's what I thought was going to oh, yeah. happen. That's how I thought. Yeah. Right? Especially when there was sequence after sequence of him checking on the greenhouses in his area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it never happens. It never ever in the film do you see a burned down greenhouse. So it's kind of like, I guess that's why it was a little frustrating was that it was like this buildup of like, he's going to find it. He's going to find it. And then no, never. never found it in the whole, the rest of the film. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny that in his quote, he says it, it leads to nothing because that is definitely like what happened. You never know if Ben actually did it. Right. Yeah. Right. You never know what actually happened to Hey Me. Yeah. Yeah. You and never that's will. like, and you never will. And that's like part of the frustration yeah. that I found with this. And it's kind of, then you start to ask, like, was any of it real then? Was, like, she real? Right. <laughs> like, right. was her cat real? Was, like, you, you'll you never get those answers. And, yeah, that mm-hmm. is one of the best things about the film that I actually really enjoyed. It's kind of, like, that, like, messed up, like, what's actually real, what's not, like, um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's also some part of the reason why, after researching, I've liked it a lot more, is hearing them sure. talk about it. I was like, ooh, okay, like, I totally get what you were going for there. And that makes me really right. like it, but I it just didn't really comprehend it at the time. But um Yeah. Well, and that's why I kinda liked the the choice that he was a writer. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, like close to the end of the film, once everything's kind of gone down and Hamy has been missing for two months now and whatever, and you know, the the film's wrapping up and he finally sits down after the whole film of not being able to write anything, he finally sits down in her apartment and starts to write. And it made me think, oh, is he writing the script for this movie? Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know if you thought that, but that was kind of something when I saw that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But, you know, then again, it's like, why do I desire so much to know what happens? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm literally making things up because the film isn't giving it to me. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right. I'm like, he's writing the script for the movie. This is all super meta. <laughs> like you know yeah yeah um so that's that's kind of funny on my part of like Brittany. like why do you care why do you you need that yeah why do you need that yeah and that's that's funny that yeah because there is um there are a few kind of theories on it how so when he goes down to write the novel it's either that this whole thing was made up in the novel is the story that we're seeing. Like, that is his story. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, me is all made up. Yeah. And she, he's right. in this bedroom kind of making this character. Um, so either that he's writing and all of it's made up, or that, mm-hmm. um, well, second option, I guess, is that he, because he goes down and he starts writing, I think, before or after he kills before. Ben. Before. Before okay. he kills Ben. Because then some people were saying how 
he was writing his story and then he killed Ben to have a better ending to the story. And I was like, ooh. ooh <laughs> I was like, I like that. That's a spicy take. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I was like, so he wanted this story so he had to make it real. And I was like, interesting. Okay. And that kind of would tie back to the whole, um, when the lawyer was saying, oh, um, your father would make a good hero because he takes action. Right. You know, that was like right at the beginning. And then that that theory would kind yeah. of tie in nicely with that because then it's like he's making himself the hero of the story who killed the guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah. He killed the bad guy, quote unquote, you know, as like a as like an ending. And it's I kinda um, like that ending. Or it's That's kinda interesting. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and of course the director hasn't answered any of these. He's just going, sure. Oh, well, whatever you think. Sure. <laughs> oh, whatever you think, what, you think. Yeah, you sure. Think. And it's like you're no help. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're no help. He's like, I made an entire movie. To confuse people, you think I'm gonna give away the ending in an interview? No, <laughs> I relate. He's got a good point. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, or it's literally that he's just started writing the novel. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It literally could or he be just that started simple. writing, or he was like writing his taxes. Like you know, <laughs> maybe we don't know what he was typing. We don't know. Oh yeah, before uh, on the same kind of note of while we're talking about what's real and what's not, how. The quote when she's like peeling the tangerine of how mm-hmm. just forgetting what's not there. When she said that, I was like, what does that mean? Forgetting right. what's not there. And yeah, I was like, okay. Actually, it's funny because I wrote that down. I wrote down that quote because I was thinking the same thing. So she said, it's not pretending the tangerine is here. It's forgetting that it's not. Right. And it's little moments like that that pulled me into the film. Where I was like, ooh, yeah. okay. Well, and it's interesting because the fact that as I was watching, I pegged that as, ooh, that's an important line. Let me write that down because it's probably going to come back later. Yeah. It also is like, okay, this is kind of some kind of, uh, like, imagery was leading somewhere and building up to something. Right. But I think, like, I'd say that quote is just, like, the theme of the whole movie then. For sure. For sure. And it's, it really messes with your brain. I guess, you know what? It's funny because as we're, as we're talking, I'm like, you know, in my own thoughts and whatever. But I think this is part of the reason uh, why this film makes me so frustrated is because I'm insecure about my intelligence (laughs) when I'm watching something like this because I don't, like, I don't understand the imagery. Like when I watched that, like now that we're talking and we're kind of, you know, pulling it together, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. The way this is all kind of stringing together and the the themes and, you know, reality versus other, whatever. But it's just hard when you're alone watching the film by yourself and you're not understanding how all of these puzzle, you see the puzzle pieces enough to know, oh, let me write that down because that's a puzzle piece. And you understand that there's, there's something going on, but I guess I'm just, like, not smart enough to, like, put it together. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, and and you hear about the whole, you know, dumb audience, like, trope of, like, we have to keep it simple or they won't understand it. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But I I really do try to look for symbolism and understand symbolism. Um, 
But, you know, I wonder how much of my my dislike for this film is on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and yeah, because there's like, it's both your audience is smarter than you think and make it simple for the audience. It's like, yeah. it's like, what do I do? <laughs> like, so do I make it smart or do I make it simple? But I felt the exact same way about Tenant, like the new Nolan film, how yeah. I was so frustrated by it because like, I felt like I was so stupid. I was like, I right. don't get what's happening. And I, and everybody's saying how amazing it is and I don't understand yeah. it. So I'm like, yeah. I'm frustrated at myself and now at you. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel yeah. stupid. <laughs> And it's so easy to deflect the hatred onto the film yeah. because then you're like, ah, right. I'm not. <laughs> it's not that I'm not understanding this. It's that they did a bad right. job, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, in reality, there's got to be some compromise here. If if we're two people that watch a lot of movies and, you know, we're generally pretty um lenient and and understanding to yeah. you know things in in movies that maybe hiccup other people and i really respect the art form and also have done a lot of analysis sure. for school right so i'm not, you know i'm not saying that school is everything or anything like that but it's not like we're new to this sure yeah right so i think there is a little give and take of okay he had all of these like really cool big ideas but maybe he just didn't let them marinate enough to have them super clear in the final piece. Yeah, I know. And this is where, I don't know, this is where films get really tough because it's so subjective that it's like, mm -hmm. it's so it's so hard to talk about. Like, you just have to talk about how you feel without thinking about yeah. how they're, because like, I've watched so many reviews and everybody was like, oh my god, like movie of the year. I loved it. And I'm like, right. I'm like, really? Like, I just didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> like, yep. I just didn't, yep. I didn't care for the characters. I didn't like, I just didn't care. <laughs> that was the, that was bigger than anything. If I'm watching a film and I care about the characters, but I have no clue what's going on. I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm eating popcorn. I'm having a good time. It was a little bit like that with um, Padmavat. Because, you know, I, I didn't realize until we were talking about the whole religion aspect. So right. I missed a huge chunk of the film. But I I still super enjoyed the film because the characters were so dynamic and interesting and captivating to me. Yeah. So it, it, like, it was not so frustrating that I didn't, like, I missed that part. Right. Whereas this film, I was clearly missing some of the ideas that he was trying to portray. And on top of that, the characters were so dull. They like were. I literally like everything felt so forced and so awkward. Ben was a, a breath of fresh air. I think was he good. was the most captivating character. Yeah. Agreed. You know, um, of the three of them. I don't know. Like I, I, I felt like I really wanted to like Hami. Yeah. Because the idea of her character is something I would totally vibe with in the sense that she's like, let's just go travel and let's figure out what life's about and let's dance in front of people and not be concerned about it. And sure, they're laughing at me, but like, I don't actually care. Mm. You know, like there, she had a lot of qualities that I should have liked. And the fact that I felt impartial, like I was more 
the 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 strongest feeling I felt when I was watching the film was, "Ooh, I wonder what happened." It was curiosity, not um concern for her. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like when when a character goes missing, you should be concerned for them. Instead, I'm like, "Ooh, I wonder what yeah. happened." What happened to yeah. her? I didn't actually but, care. But not, yeah. <laughs> I didn't care about what happened. I just wanted to know what happened. Yes. You know? So it's like, okay, clearly I wasn't feeling towards her. And then him, it was the same where it was like, I think it was in part his introduction because he was so deadpan. Like, you no know, emotions. she, yeah. she gives, she gives her number. He's like, okay <laughs> she's like let's go for let's go for dinner he's like yeah okay <laughs> they're eating like he's he's deadpan they're having sex he's deadpan yeah. like there's literally nothing he's giving nothing and i don't know if it was the actor or the character like this is where it gets it gets dicey because i'm like okay if the writing and the directing is saying you have to be this neutral screen so that people don't get attached to you. Mm. Well, then that's a choice, and I don't like that choice. Right, okay. If yeah. it's the actor who did this, well, then I don't like the actor. But either way, somebody, in my opinion, somebody did not hit the mark. Right, yeah. I agree. Like, yeah, I didn't I feel know. for them, like, at all. Like, Ben's character was interesting. I didn't necessarily yes. care what happened to him, but I found him intriguing. And Agreed. he, and he's easy to look at. I mean. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. hundred <laughs> percent. He's a good looking man. Facts. We, we love Glenn. Um, we do. <laughs> that is funny that it was him. I was like, hey, us Western folks know you. <laughs> well, and I wonder, I also wonder as a side note. Did I like his character? Did I give his character more credit than he deserved because I had this like love for the actor? Yeah. Possibly. You know, like I I Yeah. I I already knew the actor and because of his previous work and I love Glenn's character, mm-hmm. I already had this like little soft spot in my heart for him. Yeah. So then, you know, when he's like doing his things, I'm like, "Ooh, it's interesting." Yes, I What what are you up to, Ben? Yeah. I 100% agree, because I knew he was in it, like, before I went in, and then, I, like, the whole time I was, like, kind of waiting to see him. I was like, oh, but mm-hmm. when's, when's that character gonna come in? So, I, yeah, I feel like that probably did add to it. Um, I still think his character is most interesting, but I agree, it probably did add a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of, because I was reading a lot, and a lot of people say how uh, Amy outsh- like, outshined her male co-stars. And how whenever she's on screen, the film instantly grows darker, unhappier. Lee wants to grasp that Haimi um, is a woman threatened by the desires and demands of two men who don't see her for who she actually is. And I was like, okay, got that part. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah, she was a good actor. This was actually her first film, which is impressive, I think. Um, I yep. thought she did a good job, but yep. I don't, I don't think she outshined her other actors <laughs> no 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 i don't think so either i think uh the second part of that quote is definitely true though yeah. in the sense that it's like neither neither men saw her for who she actually was yeah. and that was a huge conflict for her character oh i don't know how i didn't mention this before this film was actually based off a short story called barn burning by haruki Murakami. Um, cool. so yeah, it's a short story and the screenwriter, he, 
approached the director and said, hey, like, I got the short story. I think you need to direct this. He was like, I really liked it. I think you need to do it. And Mm -hmm. at first, the director said, like, that he would just produce it. He was like, okay, I'm just going to produce it. I want somebody younger to handle this. He's like, I want to give it to somebody else. Give them a chance. And then the screenwriter was like, okay, but, like read it <laughs> he was like you need to do this so he even <laughs> okay so i think he eventually just gave it and then he was like okay cool. i'll do it um i like that he just ended up liking it and so when the screenwriter first pitched the film to him there was two images that instantly went into his head and the first was the scene with uh hey me which was dancing naked with the two guys and that yeah. very long sequence um he said that was the very first thing that came to his head was that sequence and the second was John Sue driving away naked after killing Ben. And he said, these two shots are the essence of the film. He was like, that, those are the two shots that I always had in mind. And that the minute like I pit, or he pitched it to me, those are the two I saw. And mm-hmm. somebody asked him um, why he chose to have uh, John Sue naked at the end. He was like, okay, yeah. that's a very interesting choice. Like, you're trying not to draw attention to yourself you're literally killing somebody like why would you just take off all your clothes (laughs) sure um other than to get rid of evidence i guess um and he said he decided to have john sue naked to end it at the end to symbolize like a new story for him and whether that new story was like a newborn baby or a man filled with rage it is up to the audience to decide and i guess like the newborn baby was like he's completely like like undressed and he's coming out of like bear yeah he's this new storyline now or it's just seen as this man who's literally lost it and he's just full of rage and he needs yeah he can't because the way he walked away too to the car like he was off like there was something off with him and well obviously i guess he just killed somebody (laughs) (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i don't know because like immediately when he took off his clothes i was like why would he draw attention to himself like that. I thought it was interesting that he chose to do that. And that obviously other people thought that was an interesting choice because it came up later. They asked about it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny that, okay, so those two scenes being the scenes that he saw in his head, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really cool because the scene with, um, the scene with the dancing when Haimi is you know naked and and dancing and just expressing herself to the sun Mm -hmm. to the the setting sun i really really like that scene i thought it was really beautiful and also um really interesting how he was able to make that scene happen without overly sexualizing her yeah um i thought that was very delicate and it was done really well and the cinematography was beautiful in that sequence like honestly so well done um, I, I kind of had a little note on that one, um, and it was that I kind of wish she almost wasn't high. Oh, okay. Because she took, she took a few hits from the blunt, and then it affected her immediately, which instantly I was like, well, that's not, that's not realistic. Like, she started giggling instantly, <laughs> um, so then already I was like, I thought the same I had thing. a distaste. <laughs> I had a distaste for this whole like forced I'm high now right. kind of thing because he didn't give it enough time for it to be like like genuine. Sure. Um 
And I feel like her character is free-spirited enough to not need drugs to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not like I care if a character in a story is doing drugs or not. I just felt like um, it was like a crutch for her to express herself when he's built this character up in such a way that she didn't need that crutch to engage with the son like that. I know what you mean. Um, And then it also felt because she was like under, you know, supposed to be under the influence, she was supposed to be high. Then it also felt a little weird that she's getting naked in front of these two men or just taking her top off, top off, but still she's taking her top off in front of these two men because then it's like, okay, how in control is she? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if, if she was sober and did the same actions, I would be like, yeah. Like, sure. feel the sun on your skin. Do the dance that you want to do. It would be, like, really empowering. So it was tough for me because that sequence, there was sequence, there was parts of it that I absolutely loved. I thought was so good. It was, the cinematography was beautiful. Her acting and, and dancing and movement was so well done. That was something I loved about the actor. Yeah. Or actress, sorry. You know, when she moved her hands and, like, even with the tangerine, like, it was all so oh, beautiful. And, and, like, yeah, very well done. It it was so well done. Mm-hmm. I just wish they didn't use the crutch yeah. of the weed to get to that sequence because I don't think it needed it, really. And I thought it also took away because it kind of added a little bit to the perviness of, like, oh, voyeurism and the two men watching her yeah. or whatever. But you're totally right. Like, he did handle it in a, right, in a good way that it wasn't, in 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 itself, it wasn't like objectifying her, and that was nice. All, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's something that I didn't really realize until that. Now that you've said it, because during like the earlier like sex scene and stuff, it was like okay, like whatever. But um, yeah, that was cringy. It was a little cringy, <laughs> and, but then like that one, like I wasn't bothered by it or anything. It was just kind of like okay, like like it was fine. Like yeah. he did it in a very yeah. respectful way. Yeah. And I think in part it's because the men weren't in the sequence at all. Yes. Like you never cut to them watching her, like even though I'm sure they were. Yeah. It wasn't about them. Yeah. It was about her and It was about her. It was about her feeling the sun. It was about her expressing herself through movement. Um and it was yeah, so that's it was one of the one of my favorite parts of the film for sure. Yeah, and then, like, later when she's getting back into the car and John Sue's like, why'd you do that? Like, you you look like a prostitute, basically. Yeah. And she, and she like, she just didn't even know what to say and went into the car. And I was like, you asshole. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell, man? Like, you just said you loved her and then you're treating her like this? That uh. was literally what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote, I'm in love with her. And then two seconds later, why do you undress so easily? Oh. Only whores do that. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Like, screw you. Yeah. Oh, that that pissed me off so much. Yeah. And it's like, you took this character that was already, eh, yeah. he was okay. And then you make him say that after the most beautiful sequence in the whole film. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? You're cut. I don't care about you. Yes. Like, I don't care. Uh, I don't know. No. He was just super dislikable. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't care what happened to him. I was like, you know what? You're you're just not a good guy right now. And you can go away. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. 
And throughout the film, that was something that was there, like, a lot with the whole, like, toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. Like, aspect of the film. There was so much toxic masculinity in the film, which is why I was almost surprised that there wasn't more objectification, because mm-hmm. usually they go hand in hand, but it was more, like, the men being toxic to each other. Yeah. Um, which was kind of, like... Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was possible, but okay, here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like when when Ben's like bragging that he's never shed a single tear. Right. I'm like, ooh, yeah, you don't like, have feelings. Yeah. Good for <laughs> you. What a man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was so weird. It's, I like, died. it's like you're full of shit, man. Like of I've course never you have. shed a <laughs> single tear. He's like, it's so interesting to watch people cry. I that moment I was like, oh, <laughs> God, <laughs> I laughed so hard. It's like he's like, one of those oh guys. <laughs> God, and then I, I guess for me the part that made that so like eye rolling and unbearable was that like he's supposed to be this super suave, Mister Mysterious, rich man, like kind of like the perfect guy, quote unquote. Ben at the beginning of the the movie. And then he's saying things like that, like, I've never shed a single tear. It's like, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to laugh. And also I felt bad. Like the fact that, you know, there are men out there that think that that's a positive thing. I know. If if a man ever said that to me, like being genuine, like (laughs) being genuine, I would instantly be like, this dude has like, red flags Mm -hmm. like you gotta back it up yep (laughs) because like i know it's like of course you have to express yourself (laughs) you have to cry i don't know i don't know why that like it just caught it just caught me up so much it was just like so nuanced throughout the film that i was like oh boy (laughs) oh boy (laughs) here we go (laughs) yeah i mean this is kind of like on the same day, me and Maddie, we always talk about how one of the hottest things a guy's like a guy can do is paint their nails. It's mm. so small, but honestly, that's true. Like, think about Harry Styles. Like, just, yeah, men just be Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah, is it too much to ask? It's really? not that hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. Like, well, it is interesting because it's 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 an expression of your confidence. Yeah. And it's also denouncing toxic masculinity all in one. So I, I know I know what you're all about. Exactly. If you're a man who is hitting on me and wearing nail polish, I already know yep. what I need to know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like you just, and even if like, it's as simple as like, I don't know, you're having a girl's night or something. You're like, hey, you want to do a face mask with us? They're not like, oh, men don't do face masks. It's like, no, yeah. do the damn face mask. You know you want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants a little scrub. Everybody but... wants to. <laughs> oh, I know. That's That was a big, yeah, part of the film. And it's also... Well, yeah. And also his God complex. Like, he... <laughs> like, when Ben's... So Ben's character... And and it was almost funny to me, and it was part of, like, what made me, like, laugh and be like, oh my gosh, okay, I kind of like this character. Yeah. Um, was, like, when he was talking about making food, and he's like, oh, yes, like, I cook in the way that, like, cooking is making an offering to the gods. <laughs> and then he's like, except I cook for myself. Right. <laughs> and it's like, the implication is, like, he's a god. Right. Um, 
And I mean, I guess if you're out here killing women, then you do think that you have some control over life and death, which is like, you know, a godly yeah. trait. I, I guess so. I was like, I should talk about myself like that. Imagine <laughs> if we all had that kind of confidence. Oh, I don't cook for myself to sustain myself. No, I cook for myself. Because that's what you do for goddesses. You make them offerings. And so I'm offering this food to myself. <laughs> wow. Reframe your mind, ladies. This is no longer a podcast about uh, foreign film. No, no, no. This is a life podcast. <laughs> We're going to deal with our issues by treating ourselves like goddesses in every step of the way we're, we're tackling uh mas- toxic masculinity we're handling feminism in the best way possible we're um economic growth <laughs> <laughs> that was my way of trying to segue into my next point <laughs> oh nice it was very casual i'm sure nobody noticed no I, do tell me about economic growth oh, please thank you for asking wow how did you know i was about to talk about that um i, I don't know it just so naturally flowed just, with the conversation i just thought yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> yeah it's basically the same way about like the masculinity that they have and kind of comparing about that it's a lot of the films also just about kind of politics and like economic um beings how uh sure. ben is very rich and then john sue is very poor mm-hmm. um and it's really just about how those two worlds like clash together and to like want the same thing. They all want something. And um, so you can really see this like even between like the cars that they drive when like John Sue's mm-hmm. following Ben and John Sue's in this like crappy little truck that's look like it's yeah. about to break down any second. And then Ben's in like, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know what kind of car it is. Porsche. Oh, it was Porsche. a Porsche. Yes. Nice car. <laughs> yeah. He has no worries in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and that also added something really interesting to Ben's character is how he's rich. He's never had problems and like in, in that sense. Um, and so he doesn't stress like that type of thing and he doesn't stress like their lives because to him, they're so much like below him. He's like, Oh, well I'm rich. I can do whatever I want. And so he doesn't stress about like John Sue figuring out what he's done if he has done it um right he has like because he has nothing to worry about he's so casual because he's just like well like i got it covered it's fine it was kind of an interesting dynamic then because really just seeing him rich and then confident it really showed in his character how like he literally just didn't stress that john sue was like following him every single day to see where he was going like he didn't care and that's the thing too was like because of the like the juxtaposition between the two cars the porsche and then the the, like rusty rusty old truck there's no way that ben didn't see through his rear view mirror Mm -hmm. that uh jongsu was following him absolutely so ben just let him let him follow he's like sure you know because there there's just no way and and it kind of ties back into the god complex of like he can't touch me i'm invincible right like there is no i'm not concerned about these trivial things yep and then it's kind of funny how at the end of the day we're all human because if you get a knife to the gut (laughs) that's it you're done you're done so it's not like i was itching for ben to die no 
I wasn't even, yeah. I wasn't even really itching for him to get caught, to be honest. Like, I kind of yeah. I kind of wanted yeah. to know what was going to happen, but I didn't care if he got away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if if he did it, like, ah, oh, I know, that's always the thing. Like, we have no evidence of whether he did it. Like, right. the cat, like, maybe. Right. And even maybe. the cat, even the cat was a big question mark because, okay, so Haney's cat, would never come out. Exactly. She would always hide. Yeah. So you would think, even if Ben stole Hamie's cat, the cat had a personality of hiding. Yeah. He. So why would this? Why would this cat? As soon, as soon as uh, Jong Su walked into um, Ben's house, the cat comes out to say hello. Yeah. Well, that's a completely different personality from the the cat that Hamie had. Right. And so, but then. You know, he calls the cat's name, Boyle, and then the cat comes to him later. So it's, again, this playing with, like, what is reality? What is yeah. truth? And and we'll never know because there's both clues to say that it was Hamie's cat. And there's also clues that say it really wasn't. Yeah. And did Hamie even have a cat? We don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. The, yeah, and even when the, the, the manager of... The complex says, oh, we don't allow cats in this building. There are no cats in this building. And he's like, well, I clean the cat's poop. So I don't know what, like, you're, <laughs> what are you talking you know, about? it's like th- throughout the whole film, there was like evidence and then denial of evidence or or contradicting evidence. And it was just a whole thing of you think you have proof and then somebody else says something and then you think you know this for sure. And then you find out about this and it's just a complete back and forth of truth. And like, and you'll never know what's real ever. I guess it's just, I guess it's whatever you want to believe is real. Um, I hate that. (laughs) I I just want to be told what to do. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know we got to start wrapping up. I have a few more quotes that I like. Yep, hit me. We'll just kind of knock them out. Um, so, everyone is hungry for something in burning. How that hunger manifests and what hunger even signifies is up for debate. The three main characters circle warily around, looking looking at each other with desire, mistrust, need, and never certain of the accuracy of their perceptions. So, it's kind of just saying, like, they're all out for something. They all have a hunger, but they don't even know what that hunger is or where it's manifesting and they don't know the people that they're doing it with mm-hmm. it's like none of them really knew each other like at all well i that's why i found it was weird even at the beginning um I, I thought it was weird that you know she just had one dinner with this guy and then she's like oh can you watch my cat no. <laughs> and i was like don't you like ask someone you trust right. about the cat situation do you but. have anybody <laughs> yeah it's like i'd be all like three um... of the characters didn't really know each other yeah. and... and yet they had this like crazy life together that yeah literally ended two of their lives we assume well i guess yeah so the film is about burning inside and how a class-driven sense of ingrained victimhood and social frustration can impact on the way you see the world um so I guess maybe John Su kind of thought maybe Ben did it because he pictured him as this kind of like higher guy who like has no stress, like can just do whatever the hell he wants. So that's probably why mm-hmm. he maybe put a victim on himself and was like, this is the bad guy. Like I must get yeah. him and I'm sick of these rich people just taking us and like all this stuff. 
And yeah. yeah. And even like having her as, you know, in his mind, he clearly thought that Ben killed her, mm -hmm. making her a victim. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, the fact that she had this well, like this history of, oh, I got trapped in the well and I needed you to save me. Mm -hmm. And you saved me from this. Yeah. It, it puts a lot of emphasis on Haimi is the victim. Jung-soo is the hero. Right. And so that has to mean that Ben is the villain. Yeah. I did like how um, they added the the broadcasting, the radio broadcasting to North Korea near where John Su lived. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Because, like, that really showed where he lived in kind of, like, the world that they're living in and how he's constantly reminded of all these political things every single day right. just because of right. his financial situation. And how, like, yeah. Ben, like, he was like, what is that? Like, he doesn't know what's happening. Right, and right. I, he didn't yeah. even know. He didn't know, like, that happens, kind of. And I was like, that's really interesting how every day John Sue's reminded about what's happening in the world. And it's put on him. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. and that's really just because of where he lives, because of his class. And how Ben, like, has no worries and he can just forget about that stuff. Because he can go back to his nice apartment and make his yeah. dinner. <laughs> like a god yep. his pasta <laughs> his pasta his god pasta <laughs> um okay last quote burning baits the audience into absorbing character study while simultaneously uh keeping you at arm's length from a tangible sense of truth it is a social satire a love story a whodunit mystery it is also none of these things it may just be summarized by a man feeding a cat that does not exist what I'll say that all again. <laughs> Please, uh, give it to me one more time okay. because that did not compute with my brain. But I think that's pretty telling. <laughs> Go ahead. Burning baits the audience into an absorbing character study while simultaneously keeping you at arm's length from a tangible sense of truth. It is a social satire, a love story, a whodunit, and it is also none of these things. It may be summarized by a man feeding a cat that might not exist. <laughs> what? Nope, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's it, pretty though. much it. Like, it could be summarized as a guy who is feeding this girl's cat that just might not exist. We don't yeah. know. But it's also like yeah. a thriller, a whodunit, a love story, social satire, and none of these things. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, that is the film. Mm -hmm. And it's weird how that can summarize the film really well, but when you read it, you're like, what does that even mean? How can that mm -hmm. be a film, but it is a film? Because we just watched it, and that makes sense. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the fact that that quote makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if you were to read that before complexity, watching, no, yeah. yeah, you would not understand you wouldn't it at get all. It. Yeah, that's true. I think that's it. That was a lot. That was a lot. South Korea, man, they're thinking, they're making us think a lot recently, and I'm about it, but also I'm very frustrated. <laughs> mm -hmm. South Korea has some yep. good films. I yeah, I've definitely that's one place that I've really been wanting to watch more. Because every single one that I've watched, I was like, that's like, like that's really good. Or it's like made me really think or um, yeah, all I things mean, to Parasite. If you want to but... watch, if you want to watch uh, Korean cinema, 
definitely go ahead and do that. If you want to watch K-drama, <laughs> hit me up. Let me know. I got some great recommendations. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Very intense. Oh, I, you tried to make me watch one of them, and I just forget the name. Because it was yeah. one that was like... To make you, I try to make you watch a lot of things, and you don't listen to me. But that's why we have this podcast, because then yeah. every other week, I can force you to watch what I want to watch. <laughs> it's a good way to, like, keep a friendship going. I would highly recommend anybody looking to uh, start a podcast, because you can subtly force your friends to do what you want them to do. <laughs> so if you're having... This is this is the relationship vice now. Part yes, of the podcast. we're back yeah. on the relationship podcast. Yeah, yes, yes. So if you're having trouble with your friends... Um, your friendship's just kind of like, you know, getting dull. You need, like, somebody to spice it up. Yeah, I'm um, gonna spice it up. Yeah, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> start a podcast of what you're both interested in and mm-hmm. force each other into doing things or watching things and then talk about it. And it, it really works. Yep, yep. would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no downsides except friendship, fun times, good laughs. That's it. <laughs> A couple, a couple hours of editing, and you're good to go. Yep. Not even a couple hours. Like, I don't know. Two hours? Maybe. Yeah. If that. Depends how I went through it pretty is. quick, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do it quite quick now. The first episode, I was, like, so careful. And now I'm just, like, shoop, shoop, shoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's good enough. All right. So should we go to takeaways? Yes. I'll start. Oh, oh! Do you want to start? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I I normally have my takeaway right away, but yeah, I mean, I'll let you start this time. Oh, you're so gracious, Sydney. Thank I you. I know, I know. My takeaway is uh, that you don't need to make a film to satisfy others or to satisfy the audience. Okay. He, the film did really well. The fact that it got to like second yeah you know second like to Zine, to yeah. be nominated to the oscars clearly people loved it yeah so he wasn't catering to the general population when he made this film he wasn't making this film to satisfy everybody because clearly not everybody liked it mm-hmm. but he made a film that he thought was true to himself and true to his direction mm-hmm. and he stuck to his guns like with all the quotes you read me it's it's very much, he's very self-aware Yeah. with the things that we didn't like about it. Yeah. He's like, but yeah, this is my choice. Deal with it. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is true. Because even on his interviews with Tiff, like people would ask him questions. And he, every, almost every single time he would laugh first. He'd be like, <laughs> he would just start laughing. As in like. like it's an inside joke yeah, to himself. As in kind of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like people right. would ask like such in-depth questions like, okay, so what was how why did you choose this? And he would just be like, <laughs> Alright, well <laughs> like, <it was laughs> yeah. like I don't know. <laughs> this is what I did. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what you know, and even that that reaction, it's like he's not he's not doing this to satisfy yeah. people. Sure. To satisfy the audience. There were people that liked it. But it wasn't like a concern in his filmmaking yeah and honestly like i think it's pretty similar of how 
Well, it's almost the exact same, but I'm still going to say it. Uh, like, you really, and I think I've said this before for another takeaway, like, you really just can't think about every audience member. Like, there's two people right here who didn't particularly like it all that much, but we still really respected him and kind of what he was going for and yep. the themes, but we didn't really like mm -hmm. it, but so many people do. So it's like, you can't, you need to just make what you want to make and be confident in what you're making. And there's mm -hmm. people who will like it and there's people who won't. And that's fine because that's yeah. what literally filmmaking is the most like subjective thing ever. So you can't, yeah. you can't satisfy everybody and trying to satisfy everybody would be a fool's errand. <laughs> like it really would. Well, <laughs> and you know, what's funny is that's, that's actually a good takeaway for us to remember yeah. is that this number two film we didn't like. Because when I post a short film on YouTube and somebody like for, for one of the films I posted, somebody commented, um, good plot, but you need to work on your lighting. <laughs> and I was like, and you know, it was, it was a short film, whatever. And, and I was really proud of this yeah. film. Um, and thankfully I wasn't the cinematographer on the film, so it didn't directly feel like it hits me, but it was kind of personal sure. for, for some random like person on the internet to be giving like actually constructive feedback. Like they were not being like a troll and being like, you suck, just sure. quit. You know, they were like, oh, you did a good job, but also you got to work on your lighting. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, right. you know, it was very surprising and very shocking. And I think that's the thing that I'm not quite prepared for yet yeah. is like criticism, like yeah. hardcore criticism for my film. I think if I listen to two random people I don't know, kind of talk about how much they didn't like my film for an hour mm -hmm. that would be really really heartbreaking for me oh yeah um because i would take it personally oh, but sure. i think when when we think about the way we feel right now to the director there's actually a lot of respect oh. and a lot of understanding on what he's doing and it just wasn't to our taste yes um yeah. so for for myself as a reflection i gotta remember that yeah like i said before like as soon as i started researching I really enjoyed, like, the intent yeah. and the process of the yeah. film. I was like, I really enjoy that. It kind of missed the mark, but I really enjoyed that. And, like, yeah, you can't please everybody. And I fully am aware of how when I don't like something, it's it's not that it's not a good film. It just wasn't a good film mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> but it is totally something that we gotta remember, because I'm with you. As soon as I see, like, any comment that's, like, a little bit down... It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to change my, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to change my whole life now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to scrap it. Seriously. It sucks. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was fun. Yeah. I, I like that we, uh, we, we got one that we didn't like. Honestly, it's, it's kind of refreshing because it does make it more genuine when we talk about the eight films before that, that we genuinely did like. It's like. No, mom, like, I I really like the Actually films. Enjoyed, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it is kind of funny how us criticizing is still pretty nice. <laughs> People are going to, like, listen to this and be like, yeah, so when are they going to get mean? <laughs> like, <we're, laughs> every time we say something bad, we're like, but I respect it. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. We would never be good critics, ever. No. And also, that's why I think we, we get along super well, is because we're both very, like, optimistic yeah. and a little, like, bubbly. And also, 
kind of easygoing. Yep. So, it's all good times. So that's our last friendship note. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, you know what, guys? As the last thing to keep off on our uh, relationship advice uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, just be happy. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be sad. Just don't be sad. (laughs) It's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, don't listen to us. Um, yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hello, everyone. Next week, we are watching Nerja, which is a Chinese animation film that was released in 2019, directed by Jiazu. The film tells the mythological origins of Nerja, who is a protection deity in Chinese folk religion. Um, The thing that made me really, really want to watch this film was the fact that despite um, the film being the debut feature of the director and um, also having no widely known actors in the voice cast, it became one of the biggest commercial successes in Chinese cinema. So it's kind of cool to to see a, a cast and crew that's relatively not known in the film community create a movie that did so well because the people just loved it. So I'm really excited to watch it and I hope you guys are too.